The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. Hey, Vin, have you ever heard about this? I listened to this podcast the other day, right? And supposedly it's like, if you listen to it, seven days later, you die or something? I mean, that's... I have heard of that podcast. Wait, really? I thought this one was pretty obscure. No, no, no. In fact, this one is the Trilogy Podcast, the only podcast in the universe devoted strictly to trilogies. No reboots, no straight to cable. We're bringing you facts, trivia, debate, and more to hell with the movie if they made four. Three movies. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid now of so many things, Scott. I can't look at a screen anymore. Yeah. I can't take a bath anymore. Is there a fly on your shoulder, Scott? I mean, I haven't been able to take a bath in years since I've you know, been adult-sized, but can, you know. I can smell that one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really. Um, I think we've given... Bathe yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's the moral of this episode. No, but I think we've given you enough hints, folks. So, Scott, why don't you reveal to everyone exactly what episode we are doing today? This is The Ring Trilogy. Ooh, The Ring Ooh. Trilogy. As always... Not Lord of the Rings. No, no. That's a great distinction. Yes. It is not Lord... You know what? Odd that there would be two trilogies that involve the word ring so yeah. prominently. Right. No, this is not Lord of the Rings. That will be a major double episode down the road. This is the Ring Trilogy. Right. The Thriller. And it is our Halloween episode, everybody. So happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Folks, we try and give you a scary trilogy every year around uh, Halloween time. It's a big tradition for us here at the Trilogy Podcast. Yes. In the past, we've done trilogies like The Conjuring last year and right. uh, Poltergeist. One year we did- uh, um, Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, Hotel Transylvania, a really scary one. Oh, yeah. I think we did John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy one year. Yes, we did. So, you know, we're, we're trying to stay relevant, folks, trying to connect our trilogies to what's going on in the world, what's going on in the seasons, and we usually do a pretty good job with that. So. Yeah. We did Ghostbusters before this, yeah, just actually, to show you. This will be the second you know trilogy in a row that involves the afterlife. And Oh God is next. <laughs> Maybe. It's not. It's probably not. <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, cut right to the chase here, and sure. let's have Trilogy Bot, our robotic friend, tell us exactly what kind of trilogy this is officially. Let's do this. The Ring is an Oh the Horror trilogy. These trilogies have simple stories and even simpler characters. Their primary aim is to frighten us. Now, trick or treat, you lame bitches. We've become accustomed to these kinds of insults from, from Trilogy Bot. I had heard he was going to get into the spirit of Halloween, but uh, I really didn't think that's what he meant. But at the end of the day, of course, Trilogy Bot is completely right. This is an Oh the Horror trilogy. It is, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's a trilogy that's based upon the idea of scaring us. Yes. Creating terror, creating fear. It's a thriller. Oh, uh, the horror. Right. And frankly, Scott, horror trilogies, thrillers are pretty rare in the trilogy world because they usually make more than three. Right. You know, they're they're cheaply made, they're highly profitable, and so they keep sort of churning them out. I think it's interesting. This came out around almost the same time as, like, say, Saw, right? right. And Saw was like, they made one every year for oh, yeah. seven, eight years. Oh, you yeah. Know? Same thing as Paranormal Activity. Came yeah. out around the same time. They made a ton of them. Right. But even if you take it back in time, whether you're talking Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, right. Halloween, they've just made a ton of these shits. Yeah. I think all we have left in this category is maybe Annabelle, which was the, mm. the spinoff trilogy from The Conjuring. So... This is a horror trilogy, and we're gonna we're hoping you get into the spirit of it, folks. Maybe you turn down the lights, Ooh. you snuggle up close to a someone you love. Well, it's not Valentine's Day. 
Yeah, could be going down the wrong road there. You're right. Snuggle up to them and then right. just run a knife across their throat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> while, now that's more of the spirit. While Scott tells us the plots of these films. Ah, all right. Yes. So whenever you're ready, buddy boy, this is one of my favorite parts of the podcast when Scott breaks down the plots for us. Uh, an appropriate way to kick that one off to be Why do, do the plots. I do Scott's plots. Yes, it's the plots. And it means a lot because it's the plots. You're gonna get a cut, then you're gonna the plots. Nice, won't do much fun before the plots. <laughs> That's a fucking horror show, man. <laughs> In its own right. <laughs> yes, all of a sudden your shoulders began to shimmy. I was, I was to... working late one okay. night. All right. Turn this music off. All right. I think you, we've done this song before, I believe. This we probably of, did. This is the part of the Halloween tradition. Yes, we probably did. Uh, we probably did. I'm going to fucking kill myself. Can you go to the plots now? So kill yourself. You're ruining the joy. <laughs> okay, You're ruining right, the fun of it Let's for move me. on. All right. All right. I, I apologize. Thank you. Sorry. All right. I didn't mean to be a terror. Oh. oh. Okay. So these are, of course, Scott's plots. What we do here is I give you a nice bare bone description of the plots for these movies. No character names, no uh, general specifics, just the basic gist of what happened from beginning to end. In case you haven't seen the movies in a while or you haven't seen the movies at all and don't care, we've got you covered. So we kick it all off with, of course, The Ring. 2002. In Seattle, a teenage girl and her friends watch a video in a cabin that kills you in a week after you watch it. And a week later, she dies. I just want to talk for a second about the teaser in the beginning, the cold open. It's very unclear what's happening because they, you know, they introduce the whole premise of right. the video and everything. But then the girl does two false scares. She she pretends that she's... Oh, my God. She, yes. She pretends she's choking. Yeah. And then the whole thing where the phone rings and she answers the phone is just her mother or whatever. It's like a triple fake out. I mean, these movies are famous for, you know, the false scare. Right. You know, what's that noise? It's the cat coming in through the window. These kinds sure. of fake outs. Right. But she really never establishes that, indeed, she really did watch the movie. Right. All this fuckery in the beginning with the friend, you're like... I know. And it just, it's it fucking annoys you at the top of the movie. Yeah. Right? Because you're like, I'm just trying to get a hold on what the fuck is happening right, right now. There's a hard and fast premise with these films. Yeah. It's not like there's just a, a killer killing people or something. It's not cut and dried. Right. There are rules. So if you're going to lay it all out for us in the beginning, make exactly clear what's happened here. Well, and we've talked about this with horror movies before, right? It's always like you're sort of commenting on the genre, but this is like too much commentary right at the top when we're like, I just want to get a sense of what the movie is about. Because right. you're doing all the hallmarks of a horror movie mm -hmm. and then trying to be like, ha ha ha, but we're switching. But you're not. You're not it, switching it, it up. It's exactly the same. And it's the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Set it up for fuck's sake. Right. And then fuck with me. Right. You know? Yeah. Puts a bad taste in your mouth right from the beginning, I think. Right. Yeah. The teenage girl's aunt, who is a journalist, begins investigating and finds all the friends who watched the tape died at the same time. And she heads to the cabin, watches the tape, and shortly after, receives a phone call informing her she will die in a week. When I was in school, one classmate died. We knew everything about it in five seconds. The school knew everything about it. Right. If four of my classmates all died the same night. Yeah. Yeah. In separate situations. Right. You know, I'm not trying to in any way mock Naomi Watts' journalistic skills yet, <laughs> yeah. but really, we don't need you to break the story. Uh, it kept reminding me of like Crocodile Dundee with, you know, Mick's wife, who's the journalist going on these <laughs> things. Like for a second, there were a couple of scenes. I'm like, is that the same office? Somewhere there are journalists watching movies that are just like, they really make us look like fucking idiots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really every film. Especially because it's like sometimes the key thing is, oh, I looked at a picture. 
Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Why didn't I look at pictures earlier? <laughs> like, the journalist shows the video to her ex, who doesn't believe her until they both have odd visions. And after the journalist's quiet son watches the video, it is revealed that her ex is the quiet son's father. I mean, there's just no reason for that to be a surprise at all. Yeah. At first, you just think that some coworker, some friend, whatever, right. she goes to his loft. And then later on, we yeah. find out that, oh, that's that's the kid's father. Because, like, she kind of dresses him. And she's like, I thought maybe you'd be mature enough. And, like, all this stuff. And you're like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Well, like, they had a relationship. Yeah, yeah, they definitely had a relationship. But then they drop that on you. And you're like, but I mean, they really build to it, like, conversation. Build, build, build. Our son. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. It was like, uh, what? But, I mean, they just, it's a secret for the sake of nothing. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's information we just could have known from the beginning. Right. It doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't really affect the plot nothing or the the, the ghost story that we're watching not at all way. not yeah. at all i guess because of like parents and the kid and there's kind of like a i don't know uh uh nah there's nothing i yeah. was trying to come up with something but I, it's nothing uh, it does it does inspire a strange <laughs> conversation between him and his son where he's like hey you know i don't think i'd make a good father okay pete yeah really <laughs> i mean it only makes it mu it's only creepier because the son is so sophisticated it would oh be kind of sad and pathetic that it was just like a little kid and he's talking to someone who doesn't really understand me he's like i'm doing my best i can't yeah. be a good father instead the kid completely understands what he's saying yeah and so you're just like he the kid is so like nonplussed by everything yeah you know there's like one scene she's like hey how about a bedtime story and he's like i don't know it's getting pretty late yeah <laughs> like i'm kind of tired like I mean, it I, doesn't read as like he has a bad relationship with the mom. It just reads as like he's kind of an asshole. Yeah, he's this a dick. Kid. Yeah, I wrote he, the kid's a dick. Yeah. Using clues from the video, the journalist discovers the story of a woman who killed herself after all her horses drowned. The journalist and her ex travel to speak with the woman's widow and the local doctor and discover the woman had an adopted daughter who had telekinetic abilities to imprint images in people's minds. And she was using the powers to drive the woman insane and eventually force the woman's horses to drown themselves. Yeah, so you have dual investigations going on. You have Naomi Watts, who's actually going to the island with the lighthouse and talking to the people there, investigating right. it from that angle. Talking to Brian Cox. You have Noah, who is investigating the mental hospital where the uh, stepmother spent time. And, right, right. Was, is it the stepmother or the actual, or actually Samara? This... Uh, it was both, I think. Right, right, right. So there's dual investigations going on that sort of reach the same conclusions at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why weren't you just together? Yeah. You know, <laughs> just imagine like you have a scene of them running. Like, oh, my God. I found out this piece of. Oh, you did, too. Oh, never oh mind. great. Yeah. Well, OK. And and the fact that she's able to find anything based on that fucking video is really pretty impressive. I mean, she I mean, she sees <laughs> like, a lighthouse and she's like, let me open a lighthouse book. Yeah. Hey, it's on page 13. Oh, what? it's a white lighthouse. That'll be easy there to find. There's so many yeah. lighthouses. Oh, it's on a hill. Great. Oh, good. The ocean is there. So we'll be able to figure that oh, there's out. There's a easily. rock next to the lighthouse. Yeah. There's a rock next to every lighthouse. <laughs> That's what they're for. That's why they're there. <laughs> that's why they're there. That's what a lighthouse is for. Oh, it's the beach that's littered with horse corpses. <laughs> that one. Okay, found it. The woman's widow kills himself, and the journalist and her ex find the adopted daughter was isolated in the horse barn, where they discover a burnt image of a tree that leads them back to the cabin. So then we get a, a dual location thing going on. Yeah. So not everything happened at the lighthouse, all right, you're connecting it back to where we found the video in the first place. Right. So, you know, that, that makes sense. 
Yeah, because it's you're like connecting oh, it. Where did this video come that's from? That's why okay. that's there. Right. Yeah. And it, oh, ma- you know okay. what? it makes the images geographically relevant, which later on in the second and third movies doesn't play because we're no longer in those places anymore. Right. So they don't mean shit now. So suddenly there's more images. Yeah. Suddenly there's cicadas or, or what have you. Because again, we, we went through all the clues in the first one. Right. So they have to kind of be like, oh, but they didn't look at this part of the film. There's more. <laughs> adjust like, the tracking. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, I didn't think to adjust the tracking. Oh my God. Uh, a fly. How does a VCR work? <laughs> That's it, honey. The case cracker. There's a fly in the film. Like, what the By the way, the fly <laughs> trilogy superstar yeah. from the fly trilogy. <laughs> yes, yes. And he looks great. He does look great. He's, He's aged good. well. <laughs> the movie becomes sort of a meditation on what weird shit can flies come out of. They're just these cup- just <laughs> yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. of different d- devices and things. Yeah. All right. And the third one, it crawls out of like a joint. And you're like, <laughs> what? Jesus. Like, whoa, okay. I mean, I've heard of roaches, but this is <laughs> this is crazy. Am I actually seeing this? <laughs> whoa. Back at the cabin, they discover a well underneath the cabin that we see in the video. The journalist falls into the well and has a vision of the woman throwing her adopted daughter in the well, where she lived for another week. The adopted daughter's corpse surfaces from the water in the well, just as the week mark passes, leading the journalist and the ex to believe they have stopped it. So the idea is that somehow the ghost, which is in the well underneath the cabin, has filtered its way up into the cabin into like a blank VCR tape. Right. And that's the idea of where the tape comes from, right? That's, I, yeah, that's I, how they're connecting it. I'd forgotten the point that she made like those thermographs and stuff and just like printed images onto film. Right. The imagery is then explained. The ring is the top of the well. Right. And okay, in the tree, it's at the mountaintop. That's what it. I will say. I mean, it gives you a satisfying feeling a little bit. I agree. Just to be like, I agree. oh, everything kind of came together. That I agree. Cool. And you know what? If the movie had just ended right there, we have to give this girl a proper burial. Her spirit is uneasy. Right. It'll be kind of like that uh, that Harrison Ford movie with the woman drowns. What is that? Uh, uh, what Lies Beneath. It's a similar thing where... I thought of the movie White Noise with Michael Keaton, okay. which was kind of similar where he was like, oh, it's like at first it seemed like it was scary. And then sure. he realized that it was like spirits asking but him for help. Not, not like, so different like than that. The Conjuring. These yeah. are sympathetic spirits that once they're right. put at rest, okay, problem solved. It makes for a better story. Agreed. But then, the next day, the ex is killed and the journalist realizes that to pass on the curse, you must make a copy and show it to someone else, which she instructs her son to do. I mean, it's so ridiculous that to think that, okay, now we've added another wrinkle to it. If you let yeah. someone else see the movie, you're not going to die. And the girl is not pure. She just wants to fuck shit up. She's not looking to be saved. She just wants to just create terror and mayhem, no matter what. That's what they're saying. I love, too, at the end where the kid's like, you did what? You helped her? And I'm like, where have you been the whole movie? During like, mom, no, she's like an evil bitch, mom. You could have just mentioned it. Right, yeah. And now Naomi Watts has got to stay alive to help her kill in order to save herself and her son. Right. Like, well, then really, she's, she's the evil one, frankly. Right. I mean... She's passing it on to someone else. She inadvertently saved herself, right? By showing the video. She made a copy and showed the video to that guy. Right. So she was already saved. So it was kind of just about saving her son or something. The son also watched it. Who did he give it to? Right. And and we don't really get that, right? We don't. Yeah. She gave it to Noah, but the son didn't pass it along to anyone. So I guess just the concept that she made a copy of it was enough to save her and the son like moving forward. That's kind of what I originally thought. It didn't really matter if somebody watched it because all we saw in the first movie is that they made a copy of the later movies really confirm you have, you have to, to show, show it, it to somebody. somebody. Yeah. This is based on an urban legend. So how does anyone know about this? 
if copies haven't been made, how, how do so many people have seen this? Others would have had to copy it. Like, yeah. the idea that in the first movie she makes a copy, holy shit, she makes a copy. Well, that's not so crazy. Yeah. We're not all looking at the same video unless it's only people that spent time in that cabin yeah. and decided to watch a unlabeled video. Right. You know? Well, why does she still want people to see the video just so they have to pass it to someone else? You like, I get she wants to, like, tell right. the story. You know what I mean? Like, take it to two now because that's one of the main notes I have on two. Yeah. All right. The Ring. Two. Two. Thousand five. Ooh. <laughs> Six months later, the journalist and her quiet son now live in Oregon, where she works for the local paper. Meanwhile, some guy who watched a tape tries to trick a girl into watching a copy, but she gets scared and covers her eyes, and the guy gets killed. Yeah, and so we get what I was just saying at the end of the uh, the plots of the last film. She's talking about she's got the only copy, and for some reason brought it with her to the new place. Yeah. Why'd you do that? Yeah. If just the act of making the copy was enough to save the two of you, why hang on to it? Yeah. Why not hide it somewhere? Right. What well, you know? And, and where did their copy come from? How did somebody get the, the this That's kid what who I'm died? Saying. Where did it come the from? Urban legend. Who's making? There's got to be more copies out there. Somebody's had to have figured it out. Also, exactly. And is also doing. Yeah. I mean, it seems it seems like in this movie they find out pretty quickly. They're like, oh, just make a fucking copy. Like in the first one, it's that's the whole thing. Yeah. And then these other movies, they're like, no, you just make a copy. Just make a copy. Really cool. Who just told, keep making who, a copy? Who told anyone that? Yeah. How did you figure that out? Is Watts telling people here? I've got a copy of this horrifying video. If you watch it. Make sure somebody else sees it. Right. Because otherwise, you're going to die. Like, why Why should I watch it? Is it that good a movie? Should, yeah. Why am I watching it then? I won't. Why is it so hard to trick somebody into watching this video? <laughs> In a week. You have a week to do it. A week. It's not like 10 seconds. It's, it's, it's a week. And then they're like, in this movie, the kid is like down to the wire. Like, oh, yeah. On the phone. Like, I don't know, bro. She's watching it now. I hope I got a minute left. Yeah. And in the, in the third one, too, the guy's on the plane. He's like, I got five minutes. I'm like, why are you cutting it so close? And how about maybe don't tell the person what they're about to watch before you put it on? Right. Just be like, hey, I want to ch show you this. Just check like, oh, it you want to see this funny video? Yeah. And then turn it on because they'll be waiting for the joke the entire thing. When you tell the person, you know what? You'll, you might die if you watch this. Yeah, it yeah. might be hard to get people to watch it. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's a joke, though. What? <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, why chance it? <laughs> yeah, right? really. You know, like, why well, roll the dice? You look terrible. Yeah. You have imprints on your arm. You look awful. <laughs> and your nose is bleeding. No, I'll yeah. pass on the yeah. movie. I'm Thanks. okay. Really? Just watch the fucking video. <laughs> like, uh, okay, calm down now. The journalist begins investigating the guy's death. And when she inspects the guy's body, the adopted daughter appears and has been looking for the journalist, who promptly burns the tape. Soon after, the quiet son has a dream of the adopted daughter pulling him into the television and begins to develop hypothermia and bruises. It takes Naomi Watts like way too long after all that's happened to her to, to sort of realize that, you know, Samara's back. That's the cause of their problems. Yeah. There's like a line where she's like, you're sick, honey. Yeah. Talk to me. And I'm like, take him to a, if you really think he's sick, take him to a doctor. What yeah. are you talking about? He's got hypothermia. The, the fish, the water in the fish tank evaporates. Uh, the yeah. power goes out. Well, we've talked about this too in horror movies. We're like, this is the second time this has happened to you. Why are you not more alert? Yeah. Why are you not more aware of yeah. this happening? I mean, really. And at this point in the movie, there's really no plot whatsoever. Nothing is really going on. Nope. It's just a series of images and things are kind of scary. But I mean, a solid hour goes by where nothing happens. No, you know. we don't know what the conflict is. Yeah. I'd also like to mention, too, at this point, we're really moving away from the whole VHS tape concept. That's over. That That's really not. It's not even in the second movie at all. It's simply ghosty shit going on. What I assume is that because she's been let out of that well, 
her she's just her spirit's free to do whatever the fuck it wants i guess so yeah. yeah while at a county fair the adopted daughter appears to the quiet son in the bathroom mirror and on the drive home the journalist and the quiet son are attacked by a pack of deer that's one of the most hysterical things I've ever seen in a movie. My God. It was so... It, it's just it's so, so funny. dumb. It's so funny. It looks like you're playing Big Buck Hunter. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just oh, like yeah. the fucking CGI deer outside the window. Like, they, all... They, they couldn't look faker. Yeah. And it's weird in that they're, like, sort of teaming up to form a coordinated attack against her in the right. car. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. And they left the does out of it, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, just the bucks showed up, and they're like, we're gonna need some antlers, boys. Let's go. <laughs> And then the only connection to that is like she goes in the basement later and finds antlers. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but what was the point of that? And you're saying to yourself, why do they keep all these antlers? Like yeah. that's something you throw away when the when the house is abandoned. Yeah. You don't keep a hundred thousand antlers. <laughs> right. What yeah. are you supposed to do with this? Yeah. Why are they hanging from the put them on the wall? I mean, isn't that the point? <laughs> put them on a plaque. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not that kind of guy, but you know. Tony, we got a big showing tomorrow. Move everything to the basement. Hey, and don't forget to bring the antlers. You gotta bring the antlers. Pile them up down there. Those antlers move. <laughs> You don't know. <laughs> the journalist's boss takes her and the quiet son in. But while trying to give the quiet son a bath, the adopted daughter attempts to possess the quiet boy, who goes into a coma, and they take him to the hospital, where they conclude the journalist is abusing the quiet son, barring her from seeing him. Classic. Elizabeth Perkins. Child molester. <laughs> I mean, from big. Not, yes. Not yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name like Perkins. Hey. I don't know what that what? means. Pancakes. I don't I don't know what I, I don't know what I meant. Let's go to Perkins. <laughs> I don't know what I meant at all. In an attempt to help her quiet son, the journalist attempts to find the adopted daughter's birth parents, leading her back to the horse ranch, Ugh. where she finds a book from the adopted daughter's birth mother. I mean really, I wrote we're going back to the fucking island. How could more information be gleaned from going back to this house? It feels like they had a bunch of hallmarks they had to hit. Even you have the long shot of her driving up the country. Yeah. Meanwhile, the adopted daughter takes possession of the quiet son, who wakes from his coma, forces a doctor to kill herself with his mind, and leaves the hospital. Meanwhile, the journalist finds the adopted daughter's birth mother, who attempted to drown the adopted daughter as a baby, and has been in an asylum ever since. The information that we learn about in the third movie, Rings, is not mentioned anywhere here, which would be a place where Sissy Spacek would be like, hey, you'll never believe what happened to me. Right. I was raped and kept in a fucking yeah. church. Yeah. Like, not mentioned at all. The conversation is utterly pointless between her and <laughs> Naomi Watts. It's just a hammy, I'm sorry. just contrived conversation. It doesn't make any th sense at all. That's why I, I wrote this line, and I honestly almost cut it from my plots because I'm like, it's not really a plot point. I just think it's funny, but... Um, <clears throat> The birth mother gives the journalist some seemingly incomprehensible advice <laughs> that will surely have meaning later. <laughs> Too true. The journalist comes home to find the quiet son possessed by the adopted daughter and her boss dead, so she goes to sleep. While sleeping, she communicates telepathically with the quiet son, and he tells her to drown him to force out the adopted daughter, which she does because of the suddenly now comprehensible advice from the birth mother. I mean, he just basically lays out the climax. Oh, this is what I have to do? Since yeah. this movie really hasn't had a plot up until now. All right, well, I guess this yeah. is how we'll wrap this dumb piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, remember the bad thing that everybody wanted yeah. to do to the other girl? Do it to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I'm like, okay. well, well, is she going to drive him to the well? Nah, just a bathtub. Good enough. Yeah. 
And they, Good enough. I think also this movie has fucking telegraphed everything that's happening. Oh at the yeah. End of the oh, you movie mean with the sun? Big way. With the sun calling her mommy. You know, like you can call me mom if you want. Oh. I was like, oh, I, I first my first thought was I was like, oh, I can guarantee you by the end of this movie, suddenly he's gonna start calling her mom, and then immediately after he calls her mommy, and I'm like, how do you even know that's him? Yeah. I mean, even she they said she's like, ways she's with like, it. look, just use my name or whatever. <laughs> right. Just I, fucking I, call me Rachel. Seriously. Okay? Uh, you know, you've already been doing it. <laughs> I'm so used to it now. It's not even weird to me anymore. I want to just make sure that I don't have to, you know, drown you again. Yeah. The adopted daughter leaves the quiet boy's body, but pulls the journalist into the television world and back into the well from the first one. <sighs> yeah. Again, we're back in the well. Yeah. Why was this back necessary? In the well. And the mother's and she's like sacrificing herself like for her son. Right. But then why are you like running from her? Like what's every what are we sac doing I, here? we just had a thing where like, sorry, mom, you have to kill me to save me. Yeah. And then he doesn't die. No. And then she's like, I'm gonna sacrifice my mother. She doesn't, doesn't die. die. Yeah. yeah. What sacrifice? There is no sacrifice. There is no yeah. exactly right. They're all false sacrifices. Yep, yep. The journalist climbs out of the well, traps the adopted daughter inside, and following her son's voice to a cliff, she jumps off back into her world. That's the second movie. Yeah, this was just pointless, dull trash, man. Yeah. Just pointless trash. It's literally, I think it's hilarious because the first movie she released her was like, I did the right thing. And he was like, no, you did the wrong thing. So the second movie was just cramming her back in the well. Yeah. It's also like, you were in the TV world. Is that the real world? Or is that just fucking right. Samara's mind? I don't know. <laughs> I wrote down here, just wrapping this up, I wrote, I guess some, uh, Samara flees to the TV where Watts sacrifices herself and allows herself to be pulled into the video. Why am I even writing this? <laughs> I just felt stupid. I was like, let's move on, really. <laughs> like, I don't... Um. And finally, we ended up with Rings. 2017. Years later, some guy on a plane who watched the video a week earlier dies on a plane. Two years later... I mean, really, if you know you might die in a week, why are you getting on a plane? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and what did that have to do with anything? Just to show us, it's back, baby. The <laughs> ring's back. I got non-refundable tickets. I can't cancel this flight. <laughs> I was waiting for that scene to have anything to do with the rest of the movie. And I was like, nope. Two years later, a college film professor buys a VCR and finds the tape inside and watches it. Meanwhile, a teenage girl sees off her boyfriend as he goes to college. But soon after he leaves, she can't get in contact with him. And after a panicked video call from a fellow student also looking for the boyfriend, she drives up to the college to find him. When the teenage girl arrives at the college, she discovers that her boyfriend was part of an experiment involving the tape, which is being conducted by the professor from earlier. She doesn't ask his friends what happened to him. She goes to his professor and is like, where's my boyfriend? Well, she What? Well, there's the weird moment. She goes up to the two guys who were on the Skype call yeah. in the class, and, and she's like, oh, hey, I remember. He's like, why the hell are you here? But after she talks to uh, Galecki and winds up at the secret ring lab, it's an absurd visual. Oh, my God. It, it, it's really. There's a lot of times where I feel like they're just straight up stealing from another horror movie. This reminded me of the movie Happy Death Day, which is sort of like a comedic horror take on the concept of Groundhog Day. Okay. So it's like, except that every day she wakes up and she gets killed and she keeps waking back up the okay. same morning and she has to relive the day over. And it's actually pretty entertaining, the first one. Right. But then the second one, they made a second movie called Happy Death Day to You. But it's just terrible because they try to explain why she was in that loop. Okay. And then they're like passing the loop to other people kind of like this where they right. show the tape and it's like, 
but they go at one point and there's a lab where they're all like, let me show you what we've been working on. And it just opens up and it's just as ridiculous <laughs> where you're like, what? What the fuck is going on? Come on, guys. This is a bad idea. Yeah, like, yeah. The teenage girl recognizes the fellow student from the video call and agrees to go to her dorm, where the fellow student tries to make the teenage girl watch the video. But after a warning from the boyfriend, the teenage girl locks herself in the bathroom and the fellow student is killed. The boyfriend arrives and tells the teenage girl that he watched the tape and doesn't have much time left. So the teenage girl watches the tape, but when she receives the phone call after, the teenage girl has visions and her hand is branded. Okay, so we get the whole concept where Galecki knows about, he's calling it a tale where you have to tell someone to save yourself. Right. So first I thought it was pretty hysterical that like the person that was clearly supposed to watch it, that the, the girl who died was supposed to show it to. Right. That's what we were saying before. Why have him come over 10 minutes before right. her week is up? Right. Uh, well, hey, like he shows up, it's stuck in traffic. I didn't make yeah. it in time. Someone died. <laughs> but you would think you would like hedge your bets and go like, all right, you're going to want to have it done by like day four or five. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I mean, this guy shows up. Because if something goes wrong and they don't come over. He's got like a laptop and a pizza box and he's like, yeah, hey, I'm here to watch a video. Yeah. You're five minutes too late, you idiot. Yeah. And then once the boyfriend says, I don't have very much time, right? Yeah. She's like, she's like castigating him. She's like, why would you watch this movie? Why? And then immediately watches, watches the, the movie. fucking movie. I know. I was like, she's like ripping apart. Like, why I mean, would you get involved I mean, like, with like this? Two why minutes you... later. And I guess because okay. she's doing the savior thing that she's like, well, I guess you know we're what? supposed I'll to realize the like, that like during while they're sleeping together, she looks at his back and it's got the imprint. And I guess that makes her want to save him. I guess. But it's unclear. It just, right. it, it's a movie that's contradicting itself immediately. Yeah. You didn't see her make that decision. You know, exactly. like, it was just like abrupt. Mm -hmm. The teenage girl and her boyfriend go to see the professor who discovers a video within the copy of the video that the teenage girl made with many more visual clues. How convenient. The teenage girl and her boyfriend travel to a small town where the adopted daughter's body was relocated after the events of the first one. There, they meet a blind man who tells them that after they buried the remains, a flood came and the adopted daughter's body was moved to a field outside of town. And now we kind of get the through line of all three movies where, you know, the yes. first movie was about like what happened after she was adopted. Right. The second one is the period of time between her, her birth and the adoption. Right. And now we're back to like her birth, the story of her birth. Right. So they kind of run it. Yeah, All the way through now. It's funny because the second one kind of opens it up to like the main thing that she wants is a mother, right? She never had because she had her mother tried to drown her, right? As we find out, uh, you know, her adopted mother tried to drown her, as we find out, right? You know what I mean? On the way to the field, they find the professor in a wreck of a terrible car accident alive, but then a telephone pole falls on him and he is electrocuted. The teenage girl and her boyfriend return to town where they find evidence that the adopted daughter's birth mother was kept captive under a church during her pregnancy after being raped by a priest. Just piling on information at this point. And again, I yeah. wrote down, I'm like, I don't care what happened to her anymore. I don't, I don't give a shit. She like goes down to the secret apartment under the church and you're like, oh, more imagery, yeah. more just piling on. I was waiting for two and she's like counting eight, eight now. Like and she's like, oh my god, she was pregnant. I was waiting for her to be like, are you gonna die in eight and a half months now? Like, is that gonna be the new thing? And it really makes you think. Like every every character that's portrayed as kind of the heavy in these movies was right. Samara was terribly evil. So frankly, the yeah. adoptive parents were right in yeah. trying to kill her. Everyone is right in not trying to save her, except of course for the protagonists in these fucking films. Right. And meanwhile, again, the movie has ignored the tape. The tape concept is is pretty much out the you window, know, just thrown away. And again, makes even less sense that there was that scene at the beginning going, the tape's back. 
And then the right. whole plot device of we're investigating the tape. And then the movie doesn't start until you get past all that shit. Right. And then once the investigation starts, you're like, all right, this isn't terrible, actually. Once it picks up. But you're kind of investigating things we already know. That's the whole point. Yeah. You know what? What happened to her in the first movie was bad, but this was really bad. Yeah. Like, really bad. Samara, it's time to get over it, hon. Okay? <laughs> yeah. You just gotta move past it. <laughs> I understand. It's tough, yeah, but know, it's it's been like 40 years. It's tough all so, over. Yeah. You know, everyone's life is tough. Yeah. You know, I fell in a well. Seriously. I didn't, but... You could've. I could've. The teenage girl goes back to the blind man who reveals he is in fact the priest, and he blinded himself so the adopted daughter could not torment him. The teenage girl is able to elude the blind man and finds the adopted daughter's corpse behind a wall. The adopted daughter appears, cures the blind man's blindness, and kills him. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty badass move on Samara's part to be like, I want you to see me real yep. quick. Meanwhile, D'Onofrio's like, ah, I blinded myself for no reason whatsoever. It's been great living this last uh, 25 yeah. years. Blind. Didn't yeah. help. <laughs> Pretty fucking gangster Fuck of Samara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be like, look at me, bitch. <laughs> look at me one last time. The teenage girl and her boyfriend burn the adopted daughter's remains, seemingly ending things. But later, the adopted daughter takes over the teenage girl's body and forwards the video to everyone on the boyfriend's contact list, and the video goes viral. I mean, really. Okay, so, now the idea has become untenable. Yeah, she's spam now. Yeah, she's become <laughs> spam. That's what it is. So the ending of the movie is um, everyone on the planet is dead? Yeah. You Pretty know, much. It's like, come on, man. No one's opening those videos that you get on yeah. Facebook. You've been hacked. Although, to be fair, if you did watch it and actually thought it was cool and it was viral, you would share it with a lot of people. I guess so. so. You, you wouldn't die. You know what? Don't use... They, they, these rules, like, they keep going back to these right. rules when it's convenient for exactly, them. You know? Exactly. Don't use modern day technology when the whole point is you're using older... Right, you know, antiquated technology. She made thermographs. Right, you can't you have made it that all. Point right. so hard in the first one that it was. That's why it's VHS. You have to imagine someone took it on a reel to reel and fucking transferred it right. onto the internet right. into a file. Right. Okay. How do her powers carry over to the file? So yeah, that makes no sense, guys. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> look. And again, you get this whole concept where they think that they have to save this girl in some way, and the whole turnaround is that she doesn't want to be saved. She wants. She needs a vessel with yeah. which to carry on her evil. Yeah. And the second one was the son, and now it's, you know, this girl. Yeah. it's. Ba I mean, this third movie is just basically like, oh, Samara found another yeah. fucking sucker. Well, it's, you it's, know, a, like, it's a rehash. It's a rehash yeah. of the first movie, and even in some ways part of the second movie. It's a complete ripoff. And up to having D'Onofrio stand in for Brian Cox, exactly. You Investigation, know? straight into the, you know, the flipperoo right. at the end. They have to go to this weird town where everyone, it looks like a fucking ghost town. Nobody lives we there. Think we put her to bed, put her to rest. She controls matter. animals. They're birds this right. time for some reason. But Everything. Horses, mm -hmm. deers, and birds. That's, I don't, why? But at the end, she winds up being just pure evil. Who evil could have seen saves it coming? the day. Right. So, all right. Good plots, my friend. Well, thank you. I mean, for what this trilogy was. Yes. You encapsulated it well. So now it's time to just delve a little bit into some of the details um, that have to do with these films. And for that, we'd like to hear from our good friend, Billy. Information! All right. The Ring is based on a 1998 Japanese film of the same name. Ringu. When, what? Ringu. I, I, I believe it was called Ringu, no, meaning the ring. I didn't write it down. Yeah, but... Okay, all right. The Japanese it's word. called Ringu. Yeah. Ringu. That's all. But actually, they made the uh, sequel at the same time as they did the original, so the first one And that one was, was called Rango, and it had Johnny Depp as a lizard. Who exactly are you? Names. 
Rango. It was actually called Spiral. They released both The Ring and Spiral at the same time. Huh. Yeah, the original and that the... new Saw movie they called Spiral too. I thought about that, but now there's Weird, no connection. Right? I just yeah. Um, so those were released at the same time, and that inspired Gore Verbinski, the director, to remake it for the American audience. And this kind of began a trend of taking Japanese films um, and, and remaking them, um, like like The Grudge. It's another good example the grudge, of this. The Eye, right? Gore Verbinski, uh, the director. We, you know, he's mostly known for the uh, Pirates. Films. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Yeah. Did Mouse Hunt? Did Rango? Oh, I get it. And those are both great movies. Mouse Hunt is one, like, secretly one of my favorite movies. Is that Nathan Lane film? Nathan Lane and yeah. the other guy who I never remember. But it is, it's one of those movies you're like, oh, it's going to be so stupid. But it's got, like, a really dark sense of humor. Yeah, and okay. it's really, really entertaining. Home Alone type thing going yeah, on? Yeah, kind of. But they get, like, for real hurt, kind of. Like, they get, like, set on fire and shit. Yeah. And you're like, it's got that Home Alone kind of yep. feel. Oh, my God. Caesar, what happened? Please, sir, he's not well. Try to think. Did you kill the mouse? What's that? Horse finish. I won't eat it. Verbinski, a couple of concepts from him. He liked uh, the idea of the ring and having two meanings, the ringing of the phone with the right. warning, which is never really explained. The phone call happens, but they keep saying, like, you see the ring before you die, right? Like, yeah, but what I'm saying is, when did anyone ever call this bitch? When was a phone involved in her backstory? They never really right. justify the phone angle. Yeah, it feels like it's a, a leftover from probably the Japanese yeah, movie. right, right. And uh, Verbinski also, yeah, he wanted to use like non-stars, non-celebrities for this. That's why pretty much everyone in the movie is not really known. Yeah. Not too famous. Even Brian Cox wasn't really that well known at the time. He's always, he's one of those actors that you see, he's in a bunch of little things. I think this was about the same time he would have been in like, X2 yeah. or something like it, that. Right about that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He brought in Hans Zimmer to do the music. Hans Zimmer, a big time trilogy superstar. Trilogy superstar. He scored the Dark Knight, the Robert Langdon trilogy, the Kung Fu Panda trilogy, Madagascar trilogy. Yes. I mean, he's done a lot of films, but specifically a lot of trilogies. If you think about the three Batman movies we did, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises, it's three movies to you, but it was 12 years of our life. I think we managed to figure out a new way of telling those sort of stories. When they were doing the promotion for this, they were leaving copies of the actual film, the um, yeah. people's windshields at movie theaters, huh. kind of, you know, cause a little buzz. It's kind of funny. Yeah, that's cool. I don't know if I came out of the movies and there was just a video on my windshield. Uh, Guerrilla marketing yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So. Is this a porno? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> do I masturbate to this? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to masturbate to you it know either way. I'm in a parking lot after all. It's a dark night. <laughs> it was made for $48 million. It How are you watching the video in a parking lot? <laughs> That's a good point. He's pulling the fucking tape out, looking at it. Oh. All right. Um, so, yeah, it was made for $48 million and it did $250 million worldwide, 129 in the United States. Big hit. And by and large, it got pretty good reviews. People praised the fact that it wasn't about gore. It was just about the unsettling images and the atmosphere that Verbinski created. So, yeah. and it was Al Gore Verbinski. To, uh, I made the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> movies. Folks, I put the videotape in the lockbox. So there was a little mini short film between the first and the second movie. Kind of kept the property going. Mm. And then they came out with The Ring Part 2. Right, and the short film had the kid who's in the first scene, I believe. I think that's when he watched the movie, was the short film. Okay, And all then right. it's him showing uh, Emily Van Camp. That's not a terrible idea. Yeah. It was directed by Hideo Nakata, who is the director of the original Ring. So oh, they're really? trying to take it back to, yeah, where it all started. And that it failed. Um, <laughs> not, not good. Filmed in Oregon. We're really up in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Uh, Much like the uh, Free Willy movies. Indeed. Have you seen my childhood? 
it was made for $50 million. And you're going to see now that the money starts to plummet in a big way. This was made for 50, did 163 worldwide, only 76 in the United States. And it got shitty reviews. People did not like it. They're really kind of talking about a lot of things that we've talked about. The reviewers are basically like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. My favorite reviewer, Roger Ebert's like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, for real. So uh, it's really surprising that they wound up making a third movie, Rings. It was originally supposed to be um, The Ring 3D. Yes, and I heard they, that. They did away with that idea. This was based on the, um, the second one that was made in Japan. Like I said before, uh, Spiral. So this yes. is kind of follows that plot line from Spiral. The idea of more information about Samara, more information about the antagonist, right. just building onto the story, her legacy. That might be the strongest part of the movies. The rest is like just garbage. No, I agree. Like, it took a while for this to be released. It sh was shuffled around. It was one of these movies that was made and they were shuffled around for three years because they were afraid of it competing with this. So right. It was, it's really, it was made to take the place of paranormal activity, which kind of had run its course. Right. But then they kind of juggled it around for two or three years. They didn't want it to compete with Ouija, Origin of Evil. Real you risk you have to that. know the movie's a piece of shit if you're you're worried about it competing with Ouija the movie. Yeah, really. You know? Something is wrong with Doris. She's experiencing something amazing. There was another marketing thing with this one where they made a prank video where a girl jumps out of a TV at an electronic store that went viral for a while. I feel like I saw it going around Facebook. It's like and akin stuff. to that famous video where the girl uh, pushes the guy up against the wall in the coffee shop. Oh, yeah. Like she's got like, uh, you know, telekinetic powers. powers, powers yeah. It was so memorable. I don't remember the movie that it went with. Yeah. I but no I remember the, the video cool. to throw back all the way back to like um, the Blair Witch Project. You yeah. Know, viral online first and then. Right. All right, so the first TV I'm going to show you guys is over here. It's playing in regular 1080p right now. I'm going to switch it to 4K, which is the new technology. What do you think about the, uh, the picture quality? She looks like she's going to jump out. She looks like she's going to jump out? <laughs> 25 million is what it was made for, and it did uh, 83 worldwide. Still made a profit, but only 27.8 in the United States, so it barely broke even in the United States. People yeah. didn't give a shit. I mean, so much time had passed, and it's not like the second one lit people on fire, so I don't remember anybody talking about this. I remember no, no buzz. I, I was just, I mean, like, people hated this. The final numbers and the reviews were so bad that a lot of people say this is why Paramount canceled its reboot of Friday the 13th, uh. because they didn't see any future in this kind of a film after this. Right. So that's the ring, my friend. There's not a lot of information that goes with the ring because yeah. there just isn't. Um, and really, you know, going into the actor, Scott, no actors were in all three films. Right. None of them. The one that came close is uh, Davy Chase, the, the girl that played Samara, because in the third movie, they showed some archival footage of her from the first two movies. Right. Her saying the, uh, it'll never stop. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. But she hasn't done very much, uh, except uh, she's the voice of Lilo. Oh, Lilo from Lilo and Stitch? Exactly. Aww. That's what she's famous for. Huh? Ohana means family. Family means nobody, nobody gets, gets left, left behind. Or? Or forgotten. I know, I know. I hate it when you use Ohana against me. <laughs> we might as well just quickly, though, mention Naomi Watts. Okay, she was in the first two movies, and she's sort of the driving force in those two films. So When you think of The Ring, I think you think I of think Naomi so. Watts. Look, to be frank, I haven't seen too many movies with Naomi Watts, and I'm not upset about that, having seen her in this movie. I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't think very much of her at all. I don't know. I used to think she was kind of a good actress, but like watching this movie, I was like, eh. yeah. Yeah, really Choice, nothing. Choices were pretty obvious, nothing. And she she works a lot with like David Lynch. 
So like yep. she was in um you know Mulholland Drive right. and she was just in uh Twin Peaks season 3. And Mulholland was like her first kind of big movie. She did a lot of bit parts in Hollywood yeah. for many years and really until Mulholland and then this one. She was nominated for an Academy Award for 21 Grams and for oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. and for The Impossible, which I think has to do with the the burger. Not the burger, Scott. The deadly How su- do they do it? The deadly Asian tsunami. Oh, excuse you me. You cold-hearted I, I, son of a I, bitch. I apologize. She was in I Heart Huckabees, King Kong. King Kong. She uh, did a good job playing against nothing. You know what I mean? Well, that's how you see Like King a tennis Kong. ball on right. a stick. You know right, what I mean? Right. <laughs> oh, she was also in Birdman. Oh, yeah. No, she's good in Birdman. I like her in Birdman. And uh, she's a trilogy superstar. She also appeared in two of the Divergent trilogy movies, Ooh. which we haven't gotten to yet. Why don't I have any self-respect? I guess it's worth mentioning the kid, David Dorfman. The only other movie worth note that he's been in was Drillbit Taylor. But now he's like a, a hardcore lawyer that works for the House of Representatives of this country. Oh, wow. Like he wound up, he's like a he's like a super genius kid. I mean, he seems like a very serious child. I mean, he got know, into so. UCLA at 13 and then Harvard Law at 18. I mean, it's nice that he's smart, didn't really make him a very good performer, but you can't have <laughs> I, it all. He cracked me up the whole time just because he was just so plain and yeah. like matter of fact about everything. I hated him. All right, so that's your uh, information. All right. All right, you want to just jump into our little breakdowns here? Uh, absolutely. This is where Scott and I get into the little kind of funny details and goofy things that yeah. we notice and little we... observations, yeah. little notes, so, little jokes. Uh, yeah, little things. So let's crack into let's it. Let's do it. Uh, the ring. You killed Samara, didn't you? You killed her when your wife My died. wife was not supposed to have a child. Amber Tamblin in this movie. I mean, I remember that name, but I'm not really sure. Was she on a TV show? Later on, she replaced Charlie Sheen in Two and a Half Men. And her father is Russ Tamblin, who was an actor from back in the day. He was on Twin Peaks, but he also was Riff in West Side Story. Is that right? Yes. We can't get through one trilogy without either you or Phil mentioning Twin Peaks. It's connected to every... It's really... It's become a trilogy trend that there are so many connections to Twin Peaks in the films. Because you go back and watch it, and you're like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, my God. There's this guy in this, too. Where are you going to find Bernardo? It ain't safe to go into PR territory. We're the dance tonight at the gym. Yeah, but the gym's neutral territory. Hey, Rab, I'm going to make nice with him. I'm only going to challenge him. Great, Daddy-O. I like how she goes to the funeral, and she's talking to the, the, the dead girl's mother, and... You know, she's like, I've been on the internet and I can't find it anywhere where it says a 17-year-old's heart just bursts. And it's like, well, look at her face. Obviously, did anyone mention her mutilated face? (laughs) Right. Obviously, it wasn't natural causes. Yeah, nobody ever seems to mention that. They're just like, oh, they died. And like, it's never like under mysterious circumstances. Like, their heart stopped. Oh, no. Well, I guess we just said we'll never know what happened. I mean, really? Look at the mouth. Somebody grabbed this bitch by the jaw yeah, and yanked. Exactly. Like, uh, no one knows what happened. Well, something happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at her. Something yeah. happened. Somebody grabbed her and made her look like fucking Homer Simpson drooling. Like, right. <sighs> really, the only word for it is... You, you have the scene before the funeral uh, where they're, they have the scene with the teacher. And she's showing him, can I show you something? And she shows him like the photos and it's like the girl buried underground and like... Yeah. And she just goes, oh, that's his cousin. That's Katie. I'm like, they're a little better than stick figures. How could you possibly know for a fact that that's Katie? Well, it's because she just died. Like, well, he drew them last week. And that's when you should go, oh, then it's probably about something else. Right. Let's talk a second about the tape itself. Scott, you and I, as fans of The Office, this has to be compared to 
cinema of the unsettling that Gabe shows. Yeah. I mean, that's all it is, really. Right. Ultimately, it looks like a high school kid's film he's trying to make go viral. Even the, the guy, when he sees it later, he's like, well, it's very student right. film. Like, right, it is. Thank yeah. you. The cinema of the unsettling is a growing film movement. The most well-known film in the genre is an hour-long shot of a squirrel with diarrhea. I guess it's around this part of the movie where I realize that suddenly everything is green and they make the choice to use a green filter for the entire movie. Yeah, because the kid looks jaundiced, yeah. right, at points? And I tell I, that too. I, I thought I was that, going nuts. I read some trivia on it and they said that Verbinski did it on purpose, but I feel it becomes irritating after a while. It's not easy being green. Having to spend each day the color of the leaves. You, you know me. Uh, when I get bored watching these movies, I start to entertain myself. So one of the things I kept thinking was like, just different things she would say when she calls you. Six days, seven nights. <laughs> nine and a half weeks. <laughs> 500 days of summer. I like it. Also, anytime in this movie where they get the phone call and it's like she doesn't answer and there's a voicemail and she just deletes it. Yeah. I'm I always hope it's actually a very important phone call that she's missing. <laughs> like, hi, I just wanted to let you know uh, we found out you're crazy. And uh, all this is, you know, <laughs> you're just imagining all of yeah, this. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. keeps deleting it. I missed an important call. Yeah. Yeah. One that would end the movie. Right. I, I wish you'd taken it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hi. I have a, ra a rational explanation for everything that's happening. And it's don't worry about it. Jerry, it's Frankenstein. Mr. is here. George is dead. Call me back. When the investigation begins, yeah. she's doing the research and it's like, I was saying to myself, eh, you just can't trust your local historical society, can you? It's like people yeah. sort of lined up and they care about something from the past and no one else cares about it. Yeah. And they're looking stupid. Oh, Anna Morgan, you local socialite. She's like finding out stuff about it. She's, All the horses died. And I'm like, horses watch the video? Did, yeah, you're right. What happened to the horses? <laughs> I mean, she fucking gets on the boat on the way to the island and a horse fucking commits suicide, jumps over the side. Yeah. I, I love to because like what happened there? OK, what happened in that scene? She walked up, she upset the horse, and yeah. then the horse killed itself. Yeah, that could really right? happen. That could have had nothing to do yeah. with the ring. Say it's like, a horse. He could have kicked that door open like and Naomi gone crazy. Watts, stay away from things at this point. You're just you're yeah. getting things killed. Hey, lady, why are you upsetting that horse? Yeah. Leave him alone. But what was even her intention? Just to innocently admire a horse? Like, oh, yeah. hello, horsey. Oh, no, calm down. Oh, shit. Look at it. It just all goes haywire. <laughs> they make it like, extra terrible. It jumps over the side. It gets oh, my hacked, God. It gets hacked up by the propeller in the I back. I have never seen anything <laughs> funnier in my entire fucking life. I laughed in the theater. I laughed watching it by myself. I rewound it and watched it again. He makes the, the most, the music cuts out hard. He makes the most hilarious thwomp sound against the side of the boat. And oh, then God. you just hear me, me, and then just blood. I'm like, Daddy, my horse. You're like, oh, it's the little girl's horse. Awesome. Like, this fucking bitch here just fucked with it for some reason. I don't, God damn, leave our horse alone. <laughs> bitch is like the horse whisperer, except when she whispers to them, they commit Suicide. They just kill themselves. Yeah. Breaks his fucking knees on the way over the boat. Equus was more fucking <laughs> fair to the animals, for God's sake. Hey, uh, Dr. Doolittle, you want to <laughs> stop talking about the horses, please? Hello. I'm Mr. Ed. It's about this time that we uh, encounter Brian Cox, 
by the time this comes out, we'll find out whether he won or not, but he's up for uh, an Emmy Award for Succession. Oh, really? I think he's one of the most entertaining actors to watch. He gives me some Brando vibes, like an English Brando mm. kind of understated. He gives me, and maybe know. it's just the voice kind of, is I get sort of Albert Finney vibes. Oh, yeah. A little bit I can see that. Him, sure. Right? Sure. Like Daddy Warbucks. The trilogy superstar, by the way, he was uh, in the uh, Planet of the Apes trilogy that's right and he's really kind of wacky in this movie i mean it's like i like horses more than i like my adopted daughter yeah. horses are great my wife is not supposed to have a child she was supposed to have a bunch of horses <laughs> yeah Thank i mean you. i swear to god i'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans hey farva what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks you mean shenanigans noah breaks into the hospital oh, for right. the records yep and at one point, he goes up and he gets he looks at the door that yeah, I guess has the files behind it, and there's the little fly comes and it's yeah. like sitting on the door and something about it, I just was like, where the hell have you been? I've been waiting for you forever. I'm trying to lead you here. Yeah, I've been sitting on this door waiting for you to get here. The fly's got a lot of personality. Hottest working fly in showbiz. It's here. all the same fly. I'm yeah. convinced of it. <laughs> right. That he's just like, I'm trying to show you the clues. Can you hurry up, please? Like, I'm a fly. I can get there like that. I'm waiting for you. We don't live very long. I think it's one day. <laughs> Hurry. I don't think we've got enough flies. We've already got every fly in the state working. The main doctor, uh, when she's going on about like, well, you know, out here, you know, bad fish hauls and yeah. seasons and we're used to this. I was like, what is this, a Billy Joel song? I was just what about the to fuck say, is going on? Sing it. It's down <laughs> East Alexa. And our spirit is killing the fish. I can't find no stripers. Like, what? <laughs> Then, after she talks to the psychologist, she goes back to the house and she encounters Brian Cox again. Yeah. And he kills himself. But it's the most strange suicide. Like, he electrocutes himself in a bath, but it's like every electrical thing he has in the house he's put in the bathroom <laughs> right yeah yeah use a toaster use <laughs> yeah. a hair dryer i think two appliances will do it i mean yeah, really that, it's, if you want to be safe he's got a fucking power strip <laughs> hanging around his neck what yeah. is going on here he's taking a line out to the car too to like put in the battery amy like, didn't watch this with me but she kind of stumbled into the living room and we saw this and she's like what the fuck is this <laughs> why don't you just get a gun yeah seriously uh, strap a grenade to your face i don't know get like you know. close to the horse i'm kicking the goddamn temple you fucking idiot <laughs> Why don't you jump off the cliff? There's cliff everywhere. It's all cliff. It's what your wife did. It's all cliff. Yeah, exactly. I also think that whole scene is confusing before that because she watches the video, right? And we get, you know, I guess a bit of a reveal Mm -hmm. about like her backstory. And then out of nowhere, Brian Cox like hits her with a fucking riding crop across (laughs) the back of the head and then just bolts and leaves the room to go kill himself. Yeah, she's completely comfortable like breaking into just anything to get the story. And it's like, you can't just go where you want. Right. Just because you're a joke, the people deserve to know. I'm like, I don't think anyone wants to know. Or in the second movie, this. she breaks into an ambulance to see a corpse, and you're like, bitch, you work for the local penny saver now. This isn't the yeah. New York Times. Yeah, and the ghost pops out. It's like, have some fucking respect. <laughs> Get out of my house! So obviously, once she makes the move to go back to the cabin and look for the well, yeah. They're not going to get the deposit back on that fucking cabin. She hacks the floor up with an axe. Yeah. I yeah. mean, really? Lady, this is this is historical. Uh, you can't do that. It's protected. They had all the space in the forest to, like, you know, build a cabin. Why build it right on top of a well? Yeah. I mean, what? 
build it to the right of the well. Why is that there? Right. Nothing about that makes sense. You should have destroyed the well because to you, it's just a hole, right? So they're in the cabin, though. Before they find it, there's this stupid device of like, they're like, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. And then suddenly he has like an uncharacteristic fucking fit where he starts throwing shit around the room. Like, I don't know. Is it here? Is it? There's got to be something. You're like, the fuck are you doing? And then, of course, it leads to he knocks over like a bowl of marbles. Uh, why was that there? Right. Or fake pearls or whatever the fuck it is. I didn't even know. Knocks it over and it's all rolling around the floor and there's like a dip in the floor and they go, oh, and that's when, that's a huge fucking dip. You would have noticed that dip in the floor <laughs> before sure. that happened. You would have there stumbled. Would have been, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so she falls in the well, right? And he's trying to go get the fucking fire hose yeah. to help her and he's like what, running with what, it. What, and a dip, what, a dip, what a dip shit. Yanked and falls down. <laughs> what is this? I just wrote, oh, uh, sorry, Noah's busy doing a Stooges routine right now with the fire hose. <laughs> exactly. So he's going to like tie a knot in it too and it's going to get huge. Like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, don't do nothing until you hear from me. Meanwhile, if you're going to kill your daughter, do a better job. I mean, you wrap the bag around her head for five seconds and throw her in the well. Like, maybe that's why the father went so far in killing himself. He's like, I want to be sure. I mean, she put a bag over her head and thought she was dead. Apparently, she lived for seven days. So we get to the ring two. Not your fucking mommy. The girl in the beginning is Emily Van Camp. She is a trilogy superstar. But of course. She is from Captain America. She plays uh, Agent 13. Right, right. Um, So yeah, she starts it off. I don't know whether you noticed this, but in the beginning, they're showing the water in like the first shot, and it's yellow, tinted like the first movie, and then it removed the tint to the actual color, and it's almost like the director being like, we're not doing this shit again. (laughs) No more, you know, urine water. If the current's warm, you're going the right way. It's cold. Wait, it's getting warmer. Oh, that is disgusting. What is wrong with you? <laughs> right. This first scene when the kid trying to trick Emily Van Camp gets killed, <laughs> just fucking ridiculous. Just watch the fucking video. Like, yelling at her, like I was waiting for her to be like, you know, I'm kind of cooling on the idea of dating you. <laughs> like, maybe I well, should. It's strange. Go. It seems like he's trying to get her to watch a porno. Because yeah, right? he's alluding to like hooking up with her. And he's like, you need to watch it now. And yeah. it's like. It literally do right. like she's like you're not gonna be in the room and I thought it was like no I'm gonna go jerk off yeah in the closet. it really like, feels like he wants to get her in the mood with I a, need someone to watch this creepy video yeah. it's the only way I get off you brought me here to watch a video yeah I'm telling you this turned me on two minutes okay two minutes and it'll all be over they relocate to Astoria Oregon yes Astoria is where the Goonies lived oh, it's where the Goonies yes, are that's right. I mean that's a bad fucking omen you've got mm. impressionable and stupid kids yeah suddenly One-Eyed Willie is in the video yeah <laughs> One-Eyed Willie was her real father oh my god that's what I thought of immediately yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the movie and I'm like I feel like I remember that location yeah. from the Goonies because they also filmed it in Astoria yeah 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 whenever anyone mentions they're from Astoria Queens I always quote the Goonies I always go you're looking at the richest people in Astoria now sign it. People are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, the Goonies. <laughs> Duh. There'll be no more signing today or ever again. The 
this movie just takes its fucking sweet time getting going. Oh. When it when it's a sequel, it should go immediately. Nothing happens for so long. First ten minutes, you show us they're in Astoria. You show us she works for the little paper. You've already shown us that stupid scene. All right, in the first fifteen minutes, this investigation should begin. Right. Instead, it's like, oh well, back to life. We're right. going it, to the country fair. Why is it and taking like, you so long? What the fuck, lady? <laughs> like you saw you saw the ghost, <laughs> and now you're just like, well, anyway, going to the county fair to you know gossip with the moms. Speaking of the county fair, there's a booth at the county fair dedicated specifically to selling marbles. Marbles. How could there be a market for that? I'm the local marble dealer. Marbles! Marbles? Marbles! We already talked about the best scene in, in the trilogy completely, and that's the deer attack. Yes. Which is the best scene of the of all of the whole trilogy. In cinema, maybe. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> I feel like at some point the deer actually turns to the camera and he's like, What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here, folks? What? <laughs> and I was getting confused because I'm like, we've seen things that didn't maybe didn't happen. They were visions, they were dreams that the kid had. And I was like, how much of this is actually happening right now? Like, because it was so unbelievable. It's funny that the scene that's grounded in reality is the goddamn deer attack. <laughs> right. That yeah. really happened. Yeah. You got one buck. Nice white tail. As things go bad, the fact that she involves Max in her whole problem, like, you selfish bitch. He's like, casually, yeah. he's like, how can I help you? She's like, take me to your f fucking farmhouse or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah. well, it'll cost what? you your life, you asshole. And he's what? like, I don't know. She seems kind of crazy. Yeah, but... I guess I should be caring towards her and her fucking weird ass son. We or... don't get many new people in towns. <laughs> Last people we had to come through were the Fratellis. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Marble Mouth and Ramsey came through town, and that's the best I could do. <laughs> what are you doing? I would love his mama. <laughs> Marble Mouth and Ramsey. <laughs> Speaking of marbles, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what it is. That's the connection. Thank you, Mr. Willie. Thank you. You've made my day. You mentioned before where you, you know, imagine dialogue that to amuse yourself that yes. should have happened. Mm -hmm. Ever since we started doing the trilogy podcast, that's rubbed off on me. So I have some from time to time. <laughs> nice. Mine's usually much more vile than yours, which is crass. <laughs> sure. But I'm disgusting. And so... When the kid is in the bathtub, and I guess, you know, Max is watching him or whatever, and he's in the other room, and shit starts going crazy in the bathtub, and the door's locked, and he can't yeah. get in, he goes, is everything okay in there? And I imagine the son yelling out, I found my first pube. <laughs> I don't know why. This is your father speaking. Now, open this door right this minute. Okay, Dad. You asked for it. So in the hospital, she's talking to the doctor, the first doctor who comes in, and he's like, he's like, yes, well, you know, he, now he's just, he's just sleeping. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, and he's like, having some kind of a dream. Like, how do you know that? Huh, having some <laughs> sort of, I'm like, that is just clunky ass dialogue to tell us that he's having visions. Aiden kills Elizabeth Perkins. He convinces her to, uh. To, to kills a, Wilma Flintstone. Yeah, he kills Wilma Flintstone <laughs> with like an air embolism. Like he makes yeah. her inject just air into herself. I thought that would be more instant, but I guess not. I, it's almost like Perkins was like, I'm not having a death scene. I'm just going to nod forward. That's yeah. I'm not going to yeah. do a whole thing. Yeah. Really. Do you know who you're talking to? She I seems was fine with it. I was Wilma Flintstone. <laughs> do you know who yeah. you're dealing with here? So Aiden, when he's asleep then, when he's in this dream state, he can talk to his mom, I guess. Yeah. And shows her like a montage of like the last movie kind of. Yeah. 
and like we see uh you know the the daughter being thrown into the well we see uh-huh. her jumping off and killing herself it's like can we not get a quick shot of Brian Cox attached to like 18 toasters? <laughs> Come on. Like he killed himself too. I mean, he this, was part this, of it. This like, happened too. You can't see it. It's a legend. You gotta feel it. It's a legend. Ooh, it's shocking. It's a legend. When she goes back to the, uh, to the island for more investigation, we run into... Realtor Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Whose tone doesn't even remotely match what this movie is. Nope. Gary Cole is pretty well known. The Office Space and Dodgeball and Talladega Nights. He was the voice of Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. And then what's funny is she shows up and and there's a balloon in the trees and it's like, oh my God, a new piece of imagery. A a balloon means something. I don't remember that from the video. You go in, he's like, ah, it's... I accidentally let go of a balloon. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Exactly. I love too, like, she's asking him, like, what happened to the 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 people people who are here? But then he lies and says, oh, I think they bought a condo in Phoenix. (laughs) And I was waiting for it to be like, you know, they... They killed themselves, yeah. is what I mean. You know, is that not a common phrase? They you, bought a condo in Phoenix for when someone <laughs> kills themselves? It's a euphemism. So she finds that book, right? The yeah. the book that was from her mother to right. Samara or whatever. And I was just waiting for a thing like, oh, by the way, uh, after you read the book, you'll die in seven days, yeah. too. Like, this was based on a book? It's the world's <laughs> worst baby book. It's not yeah. like height, weight, first words. Yeah. It's like, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. Picture of a fly. This is what I, I drowned you in a bath. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I love to. It's just like it's getting turning into more boring medium. Just waiting for like it's a rock with an etching on it. <laughs> don't look at it or you'll die. Yeah, don't look at the cave <laughs> yeah. painting over by the lighthouse. Yeah, <laughs> there's an Indian ready to give you a tall tale. Yeah, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. ways so of communicating. It's gonna get to the most boring thing ever, and she's gonna have a podcast. Oh, <laughs> all right. It's mentioned a couple of times in the first couple of movies, but I feel like the undercurrent of this entire trilogy is the filmmaker saying something about postpartum depression. A little bit. It was pretty on the nose in this one where they were like making the comparisons to her with her kid. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's why they have such a bad relationship. And I was waiting for it to be like, the end is none of this was real. It's just her postpartum depression. It's like a fever dream she had in a a psych episode. Right. And that she killed those those men. Because it wouldn't be any crazier. crazier, (laughs) Every attractive man who's nice to her that she attracts gets killed. Yes. She might be a serial killer. She decides she's gonna has to drug him, right? Because she gets right. the message from him to be like, "Drown me, mommy." Right. I mean, right. Rachel. Right. Um, so she puts the pills in his, his sandwich. What does she have? Fucking blade hands? <laughs> Did you see the way she just like she ground them with her fingertips? And ground two pills into nothingness. <laughs> two pills. It looked like fucking 20 yeah, pills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying to myself, how can the kid not taste this bitterness? He looks like he does. He's like, what's that Chucky does? Like it's Samara going, well, I guess it's been a while since I've had a PB&J. Yeah, Maybe I, I don't so. remember that it has this disgusting Chucky <laughs> flavor in the center of it. Mommy, did you buy Peter Pan? Yes. Well, that explains well, it. It's an inferior brand. She fucking goes into the the fucking video, and I just wrote down, look at these two morons climbing the wall of a well. It's all in fast motion. It's filmed extra fast. It's like, what the fuck is this? Not only that, I mean, it looked stupid as shit, 
But not only that, it made me not feel bad for the little girl anymore. I'm like, that well seems pretty easy to climb. <laughs> because, because they're in Astoria, could it be the Moss Garden Wishing Well from the Goonies film? Uh, perhaps. When this I kept is my seeing... dream, my wish. <laughs> it didn't come true. All the well imagery also was reminiscent to me of uh, Silence of the Lambs. When she discovers the broken fingernail in the first film, yeah, that's a, a, an image from Silence of the Lambs. Right, the fingernail. That's she looks up, she sees, sees the fingernail, screams. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're ripping off as the lights going right. by. It. Yeah. We're ripping off much better films here. I, you know what's funny is it made me think of trilogies. It made me think of The Dark Knight. Uh, the pit that, that oh yeah that he's got to climb in up in the third I'm not movie gonna, and has to climb out. I'm not going to say I didn't think of that as well a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that's and, right. And then I did think a little bit of like uh, Army of Darkness when he's he gets thrown into the pit with that right. beast and he's got to come back. Definitely, out. yeah, definitely. Yo, she bitch. Let's go. Oh, and oh my God, when are you talking about when Rachel hits the water when she jumps into the water? Am I hearing the Wilhelm, the Wilhelm scream? scream? Yes. They put a Wilhelm scream right as she hits the water the to go back into the most climactic part of the film. It's like they tried to hide it too. Yeah, but I'm glad you picked I, up. I went too, back and listened to it I a went couple again, times, and I was like, I was yep, like "That's what it is. That is 100 the Wilhelm scream at the most inappropriate yep. time possible." And folks, just FYI, you hear the Wilhelm scream at the beginning of every one of our podcast yeah. episodes. It's the most famous sound effect in Hollywood. Yeah, used like, in a hundred movies. It's become such like an in joke now that it it's gets a joke. used again it's and again and again and again. Yeah, I could not I'm glad you picked up on that too. Because we hear it all the time. Yeah, we're used to hearing it. Well, we hear it in the movie, but we hear when we edit the fucking podcast. Right? Every time too. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I'm I so was, I'm glad you heard that. I was too. blown Good. away. Good. I was like, <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> so I think it's time to uh go into the final little breakdown for rings with an S. You're Samara's father. You kidnapped Evelyn. The night that I laid with her, I heard them. The cicadas. You moved her bones and she's still your prisoner. As are you. The movie begins and it it feels like a Final Destination movie. Oh, yeah. Right? Even the fucking the scene later with the professor when he's in the car wreck. That and felt then so much like Final Destination. Right, and the telephone pole it's falls on his inevitable. head. And he gets electrocuted. Yeah. You're like, okay, enough. how many things did fucking Johnny Galecki really? have to go through here? Darlene's boyfriend's had enough, please. Speaking of Johnny Galecki, I just cannot put into words how much I hate Johnny Galecki in everything he's ever done. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that multiple people over the years have told me that, that look I look like, like Johnny, Johnny Galecki. Galecki. Yeah. And I could see it. I, I I just hate it. And I just, I'm a big fan of the vacation films, and I think he's the worst thing in the third vacation Christmas film. Vacation? He's terrible. Yeah. And yeah. listen, I'm not going to lie in that because he looks like me, there's a bit of jealousy. I'm an actor sure. myself. Uh, that's there. But boy, he. But did you want to be on the Big Bang Theory, really? I mean. No, but I'd, I'd take it if they had offered it, for God's sake. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, same here. Oh, but, but I, I would have, hate it every minute uh, I was doing I, it, but I'd be known and just, uh, have money. Meanwhile, in this movie, he's playing the kind of professor that only exists in movies. Yeah. Like just that cool, hip, like philosophical professor sits on the edge of the desk and just. Bangs all the students. Yeah. And, that doesn't, yeah. That, it, that doesn't happen in real college. That yeah. that professor doesn't exist. I'm fucking artsy, bro. Because yeah. guess what? If it did, uh, we would all become professors. Yeah. I mean, come on. All right, guys. I'm done. Go get drunk. Yeah. Get out of here, really. you crazy kids. Kill yourself. Oh, there's someone in the back looking at me. <laughs> Weird. All right. Get out of here, Let kid. me just single them out in front of the whole class. Doesn't yeah. work that way. <laughs> professors don't care enough to even do that. Yeah. Gabriel is a uh, professor of modern biology. He's discovered this recording um, that he believes that he can 
figure out this seemingly nearby parallel universe that seems to be, uh... Oh my god, who the hell cares? Galecki buys the VCR, the flea market or whatever. Yeah. Right? So he gets it home and he's like, really tinkering it. He, he, he can't make it work. Anyone can make a VCR work. Yeah. They're, they're created so that anyone can just make them work and they... He hurt himself. Can, yeah. He <laughs> scratched his hand with a screw. This, is he not a film professor? Can, yeah. <laughs> He's jabbing at it with like a Phillips head yeah. too. And I'm like, first of all, if anything, it would be a flat head. <laughs> yeah, Let's what are you start trying with to do? that. But second of all, there's better ways to do what you're doing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I hurt myself today. So we get, we're introduced to this character uh, who's seeing off her boyfriend, right? That she's going to be the lead character, yeah. right? There's this weird scene. She hugs him and she goes like, I'm going to miss your smell. Which I'm like, first of all, mm. ew. Then he takes off his shirt and hands it to her. And even he gets back in the car and the dad's like, where the fuck is your shirt? <laughs> like, what are you doing? But it reminded me of Free Willy <laughs> 2. Do you remember this? The girl sneezes. And he's like, oh, here, and rips his front pocket I, off his shirt, of his breast pocket off, and gives it to her, and she blows her nose in it. it that's it, it was so, akin to that, where I'm like, this just feels so clunky and, like... Dirty. Isn't it romantic? They, no. Do you know what romance didn't is? Didn't have the proper, like, like, costuming. Like, they just improvised some goofy shit. Right. Father's like, you're gonna go to college on the first day with no shirt on yeah he's like obviously just go into your duffel bag and get a fucking another one you just packed all your clothes really asshole i'm not gonna sit next to you shirtless with your seatbelt on please uh, i'm not if we get in a car accident i'm not dying next to my son shirtless top eight answers are on the board we asked 100 married women name something you wish your man would not take his shirt off to do it gets it gets really silly at Sky's apartment. We already discussed some of it, but like Sky knows that she's in the last like hour of her life. Right. How about this? Go somewhere where there are no TV screens. Right. How about try that? Go in the middle of a fucking field. I mean, right. go somewhere where you can't possibly be a attacked by someone coming out of a fucking TV screen. You're absolutely right. I, you know, especially because I think the scene with her fighting the TV and throwing it down, yeah. like, kind of proves, like, well, you can sort of delay her. The boyfriend says to her, you know, this tape is a doorway to the other side. And Julie's response is, then why did she die? Because it's a doorway to the other side. That's what that means, you yeah, fucking idiot. So she's on the other side. Yeah. She's dead. She's dead. Once they like, you know, she watches the video. Right. And Galecki gets involved and he's like talking about it with the two of them. Yeah. You know, they, they discuss the idea of like the tale, this new concept where Another person has to watch it and you'll be okay then. Yeah. His reasoning that it's like, I don't know, but the cycle of life, some mumbo jumbo, and he's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I've solved it, Scott. Here's what you do, professor. Make a copy. Go to a person that is on their deathbed. Head to a hospice. Show them the video. They're going to die anyway. Done. The end. Done. Don't show it to anyone I else. solved it, professor. Yeah. That's always the thing, though, is the way to solve it is stop showing it to people. Yeah. Because once that last person dies, that's it. Right. So let that person die. They were going to die anyway. Right. You're saved. They were going to die anyway. Problem solved. Dude, they go to that grave where it's supposed to be, is it supposed to be Samara's body? Samara's, in there? Yeah. but there's nothing on the grave and they figure out that it's right. there. And the, she looks at it ants. and she has the feeling and she's like, oh, she's in there. And then she goes in there. She's not. 
So I'm like, so what was the feeling you had that she was in there? Like, it'd yeah. be like if, if like, you know, uh, Luke was like, it's that one. Darth Vader's on that ship. And they got on they're like, oh, no, sorry. It was this other guy. I thought that was Darth Vader. My bad. Oh, OK. Uh, <laughs> then you have no power whatsoever. huh? Right? Like, yeah. But it seems like they keep trying to obviously make this thing that she has this connection with Samara, right? right. Like, and because it's pretty is, obvious she's going to possess letters. her. I, was, I wrote in bold letters here. Why would Samara pick Julia? Why of all people would they have a connection? Yeah, he says at the end, you know, you know, you weren't afraid of her, and like they kind of bring that back at the end as like a sort of thing that that's why she chose you is because you're a fucking sap. Perhaps she's like the least selfish one. She's not so much concerned about self-preservation. She's more concerned about like solving it i don't know we're giving this movie more credit than it's due i know, I know. it doesn't deserve this kind of credit and this it, is always really. what happens when it's a movie is that bad we're like well maybe it is because we're trying to make sense of right what doesn't make sense i know okay some more has to be said about galecki's death in that car accident please more it's, it's hysterical when she comes upon the scene they're trying to deal with the other car on the top of the road and it seems no one has checked if there's a live person in the other car down in the ditch yeah and they're no already, one's checked. They're already like towing the car out. Yeah. yeah. And like, wouldn't you have at least had the ambulance pull the dead bodies out first? Right. No one cares. Suddenly she walks down there. They, she walks right past the cops, walks right yeah. down. No one stops her. There's one cop who deals yeah. with the boyfriend and then just she goes right and she by just him. walks past. Yeah. He's uh, still alive. And she wants to talk about the Braille and everything. And it's like, yeah, this guy's on his deathbed. And then, like you said, it's a final destination type of thing where they fuck oh, yeah. around and the electrical pull. Really kills him. Like, if he wasn't going to be dead anyway, right. now he's really dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, he get hit with Jesus. the pole, and he's like, I'm still going, and then gets electrocuted because water <laughs> comes down. <laughs> like, okay, he's dead. Yeah. And also, it makes no sense because he could have just, you know, died from his injuries. There was no need to Final Destination None. kill him None. at that point. Hello up there. I seem to have fallen down a cliff. I'm still alive, but I'm very badly injured. I think my legs might be broken, but I'll, I'll try to stand up. Oh, yes, they are broken. And then we get D'Onofrio, who shows up in this movie. And like we said, he's a trilogy superstar, yeah. Men in Black, Jurassic World as oh, well. Oh, yes. He's just babbling about nothing. But when they first meet him and he comes to the door and everything, it's like, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of The Sandlot. <laughs> when fucking they, they go to the door because they have to get the ball back. <laughs> they talk to fucking James Earl Jones, who's also blind. Right. They're like, oh, well, come on in. I'm not as scary as you thought I was. Right. Like, I'm just you know, a big like, blind man. Oh, he's just a nice blind guy. No, he's no, not nice. Not he's... nice at all. You knew Babe Ruth? George? I sure did. And he knew me. He was almost as great a hitter as I was. I would have broken his record, too, but... You went blind. Yep. I'm getting to the point in this movie where I'm writing notes like, this is so boring. Who gives a shit about Samara? I'm just, I'm not even, I'm just tuned out. I just, I don't care. It, you, the movie doesn't make you want to care about any of these things. Yeah. Like, this is the point of the movie. You're like, okay, just end this. Like, yeah. I literally was yelling. I'm like, oh my God, just end. I yeah, got it. Yeah. I was, I was dying for a tent. It's not a terrible extension of the lore the of original Samara. Lore. Yeah. We learn more information, but yeah. if the, since the second movie is already like, illustrated that she's just pure evil you're just kind of yeah adding to that you're not you're 
there's nothing new that's being discovered here. Okay, she's really evil because her mother was crazy and now her father was a bad man. Uh, yeah. D- d- you know. It's like fucking, you know, Lucy pulling the football away from fucking Charlie Brown every time because they're like, no, 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 this time it'll be over, over. Yep. And like, this is the last thing Samara wanted point. to show you. Good and point. then comes back like, no, I'm fucking evil. No, I'm I, told really... you, I told you at the beginning, it's never going to stop. Don't do this. You don't have to be evil. I know what your mom did. That was wrong. You were just a little girl. Maybe all you need is a mother. Thank you all. Your love has broken the curse and freed my soul. I'll never have to kill again. Really? Nah, I'm just screwing with you. Then you got the whole just fight at the end with D'Onofrio and the girl, just that whole battle. Yeah, you've got this kind of, you know, the movie Don't Breathe. It's another horror movie they did. I know of it. I haven't haven't seen it. I know it. The whole thing is like two people are trapped in this blind guy's house, but like he's like a murderer. And so he's like, they're like, they have to be really quiet the whole time. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like Don't Breathe-esque ending that seemed, because that came out around the same time too. And I was like, eh. Just constantly stealing from other better horror movies. Yeah. Not that Don't Breathe is like a, a masterpiece or anything. But it's fine. Uh, anything would be better than this. Right. Now, again, we're deep into this movie. We're almost at the ending. And we've c- forgotten completely about the tape. It's just, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because we forget about the whole premise and it just comes down to this just evil spirit. Yeah. It's yeah. gotten too big. Yeah. You know? And really. It used to be about the tape, man. It, yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, at least it had. They lost their way. It benefited in some small way from from the originality of the story. When you strip away the originality of the overall concept, you're left with nothing. Except D'Onofrio choking this bitch and just just chewing the scenery. He's Kingpin in the Daredevil show yeah, and I know stuff, he's... and I fucking love him. Full so. Metal Jacket, classic. I mean, he's a great actor. Fantastic. But it doesn't yeah. mean he's great in everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm at the end. I mean, it winds up being a whole a twisteroo. Yeah, the old twisteroo. And... The new girl spammed everybody those videos, so. Yeah, so, well, you know, there's going to be mass deaths. <laughs> Yeah, now that uh, now that video's got more views than fucking Gangnam Style. You know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. going to be like the most watched video on YouTube. <laughs> Samara is the richest YouTuber that there is right now. <laughs> yeah. She's a multi-multi-millionaire. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Can I see my mommy? No, Samara, not until we understand what's wrong with you. Scotty, that was The Ring. The, the Ring. Ring Trilogy. You know what? When we do a trilogy like this, usually Phil is with us when we do a horror trilogy he's been around for all of our halloween trilogies yes. but could not make it this time around uh yes well uh actually yeah i too found a strange video at a flea market in a church Ooh, right. and after watching these movies i'm not fucking with that i didn't watch it uh it was blank it had no markings on it okay okay um, so I, I i sent it to to phil and i thought it'd be fun funny like well you know i don't know what the vi- i don't think it's gonna be some sort of he could just do a nice report on a it. ring type video. He but could do a report on what he saw. He watches it, tells us what he saw. I thought it'd be fun. So. Been in a lot of our episodes lately here, but we got to remember he's our field correspondent. So this is right. what he's supposed to do. Right, right. So uh, I think this is relevant for the episode, and uh, I don't know. Let's let's see, see what, what it was. Yeah. Hey, folks, Phil here, your field correspondent for the trilogy podcast. For this episode, I'll be watching an unmarked VHS found at a flea market, and who knows. Maybe it'll have something spooky on it. Okay, let's just uh, pop this in and see. Just, uh, I mean, it's blank tape. Wait, I see something in the corner. Let me just mess with the tracking. 
see. Oh, yeah, great. <sighs> what the fuck? It's just a stupid Rick roll. Wait a second. Is that is that the little girl from the ring? Yeah, why? What? Well, I don't. I don't want kids. What the fuck? Why doing oh, oh slice going up my nose? Oh, it's going, it's going over my nose. Oh god! Oh Jesus! Fuck! Oh, the slice up my nose. Ah, oh, slice going up my, it's going up to my brain. Ah! Oh, oh! Huh? Oof. Uh, well, I, I can't. I mean, I can't say I was totally surprised, but it didn't go the way I thought it might. Wasted five bucks on that video, though. Well, VHS tapes nowadays. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's uh, finish her off, Scotty. Let's do it. Let's rank them. All right. Let's rank them. Um, I don't know. I hated them all so much. I suppose that if I had to rank them, and we've really discussed what we liked and disliked about this trilogy, sure. so I'm not going to beat it to death. I guess I'm going to go. It's always a tricky one between two and three. Mm. The first, it's going to be one, and then I'm not sure which I hated more, two or three. Yeah. But I guess in this case, I think I'm going to go one, two, three in order. Ooh, okay. Okay, and I think this is something we've seen before, where the second film is just a poor sequel that, you know, just does a bad job at trying to capture what was great about the first movie. Right. And in this case, the third one is just unnecessary, completely pointless, a nothing burger. I've used that expression before. Yeah. I feel like... uh, I I used the expression stink burger for it today. Yeah, you said it earlier. (laughs) I feel like I felt the same way maybe when we did. I was trying to look up earlier, because I remember saying this exact thing for another trilogy we did. Maybe it was Dundee. Mm. where the first two are related to one another, where the second one's trying to, you know, rip off the first one, and then the third one is just meaningless nothing. Right. Just a, just a cash grab. Yeah. So that's kind of how I later, it. kind of. Yeah. I always assume that somebody wrote a different script, a different horror script, uh, and they were like, aha, we, we can, if we can yeah. transfer this into a ring movie, Indeed. then you're good to go. Um, So it's going to be one, two, three. Yeah. Um, unsuccessful. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but what's interesting is, like, I can't remember the last time I disliked the trilogy as much as this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've disliked many trilogies, but I can't remember the last time a trilogy inflamed me with so much rage and disgust as this one did. In looking back at our previous episodes, I think I'd have to go all the way back, because Care Bears doesn't count. That's meant for kids. Sure. We were never going to like that. Yeah. But I think I had to go all the way back to Free Willy, yeah. which is yeah. a couple of years ago, for for a trilogy that just it sickened me. Th- those were bad. Yeah, that yeah. Was, those and were so, real bad. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to have to go with on this one. One, two, three, unsuccessful. 
Yeah, well, I'll make it quick. Uh, I know you hemmed and hawed. I went the other way. I'm going to say one, three, two. Yeah, you know, go either uh, way. The first one, I think, you know, rewatching, is it uh, entirely like super clever? Is it, I mean, it's a little bit cheesy. It's actually a little bit dated for the time, even. I mean, the VHS. Clunky. We both and said clunky. Clunky. Yeah, exactly. Um, and kind of a kind of a, just a snooze, right? Like it's just yeah. kind of slow and boring. Boring. Again, it, again, I said this earlier. It reminded me of like White Noise with Michael Keaton, where it was like, oh, it seemed like it was going to be like a horror movie like more scary stuff and it wasn't really scary it was just kind of like unsettling and it's suspenseful right, and not an investigation happening essentially right which i can get into but it's not what it purports to be and as you accurately Whatever. said you know the second one is just a, a repeat mm -hmm. uh and kind of just a fucking mess i actually compare it to in my head uh, i compare this almost to the um the bridget jones trilogy weirdly okay i can see because that because the first one was like all right that was that was okay for what it was you know like yeah you know maybe it's not my style or but you know i think uh overall it wasn't that bad i had a yeah. good time watching it you yeah. know and the second one's like what the fuck is going on in this movie holy shit yeah and then for the third one to be like oh i that's okay i guess i mean you know it made more sense than the second one i guess but okay. it was also a little sloppy you know sure and years later you know yeah so, so common, yeah. so common that years gonna, later third movie i'm gonna say one three two totally unsuccessful all right well scott it's been fun it sure has. All right. Always a pleasure to do our Halloween episode. Yes. Always good to kind of get our hands dirty with these scary movies. Right. I don't know when we're going to find one that we, or a trilogy like this that we really ever enjoyed. Maybe one day. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. I would love to find a horror trilogy that I love. You know? You say love to find a, a, a horror? I I'd like love said, to find a horror. I know you would, Scott. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Vin. My name is Scott. Thank you so much for listening to us. We are the Trilogy Podcast, and as always, our goal is to bring you every trilogy ever made for all time, and we're going to keep going until we get there. We don't sleep. We don't. It will never stop. It'll never stop. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell your relatives, tell someone, tell a stranger. Yeah. Folks, you can find us on Instagram. Um, we are constantly putting up um, lots of content, reels, stories, pictures that have to do exactly with what we are talking about in each of our episodes. you got to check us out on Instagram and TikTok. We're also trying to create a presence on TikTok as well. We're at The Trilogy Podcast. And don't forget about Twitter, of course. You can always check in, and we're doing fun, crazy polls for our current episodes. So check us out and let your voice be heard. By the way, if you don't tell somebody about this podcast, you're going to die. I'm going to pop out of your fucking TV and kill you. Yeah, no, we're serious. I'm not kidding. I'm hungry, Scott. Let's go. Yeah, sorry. I got a little angry there. Seven burritos. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire. The ring of fire. The taste of love is sweet. When hearts like ours meet